When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. friends welcome back to our golden 20s podcast my name is sadie and i'm joined by my co-host tegan as always and maybe i shouldn't say as always because we have been doing solo episodes every now and then Mm -hmm. and there is another one coming up sneak peek Mm -hmm. but anyways for today you get the both of us and we are looking forward to today's episode it's actually funny because we're going to be talking about productivity how to be productive, kind of like productivity hacks, what works for us, tips, tricks, but also a little bit about working remotely. I think work from home is super common these days and probably will continue to be. However, it can be quite lonely. And this is something Tegan and I both deal with. Even on the productivity side, it's like, you know, busy times for both of us at work. So obviously we're wanting to be as productive as possible. But what's really cool about this episode is that these were things you guys actually asked for and wanted to hear about. So in case you don't know, if you listen on Spotify, we do put out a poll or a question on almost every episode and you can interact with it on your Spotify app. So Tegan has been asking, what episode do you want to hear? What do you want to hear in the next episode? And these were some requests that people had put in. And I actually think it makes a lot of sense because on top of just, like I said, this resonating with Tegan and I in our day-to-day lives, I think all of our September episodes were like, get back to routine, back to school, Mm -hmm. back to work. And now people are, you know, finding their footing and they're like, okay, the work from home fatigue is setting in because it's October now and I've been doing this for four months or four weeks or okay, great, but how do I continue to be productive now that I have my routine down? So all of this to say, we're looking forward to this episode and we hope it's helpful for those who are asking to hear about it. Yeah, definitely. I think too, if people are in school, maybe like not necessarily working a job, this could be an applicable episode too. And I feel like this is the sort of time when like if you started a new job in September or if you started at school, it's like the O-week vibes have worn off. You figure out, you know, who your actual friends are. You're not just like friends with everyone on your floor, whatever it is. And it also is just like I feel like a less social period, so can start to feel lonelier. Here in Canada, it starts to get dark much earlier. 
and mm-hmm. it's not like you know you're out until 11 every night or you're hitting the patios like it's a lot I don't know I find myself staying home a lot more and that could be isolating if you're also working from home or studying from home yeah 100 percent. awesome well maybe I'm gonna kick it off with a no-brainer, but I think a really good reminder. And then we're going to get into some like actionable stuff. And please don't pause the episode as soon as I say this because you're going to be like, Sadie, this is such a cliche, but hear me out for a second. (laughs) The first thing I think we should talk about, and it's kind of along the lines of taking care of yourself, going through these kind of like transformational, transitional times, if it's between seasons, things like that. We always talk about taking care of yourself and really what that looks like is really just covering your basic needs and showing up for yourself. So it's things like staying hydrated, making sure you're eating well, getting enough sleep, moving your body, you know, getting outside, getting fresh air, getting daylight. Like these are all things we talk about anytime we talk about mental health and self-care, but I really think it applies to this episode as well. Because typically we talk about it, like I said, for overall wellness, but I think a big part of, and I guess actually going into the mental health, like something that comes along with productivity sometimes is also managing stress and anxiety. If you're someone who's constantly trying to be productive, it's often times you end up feeling burnt out, stressed, anxious, things like that. So I think these things help manage that. But I also think that all of these, you know, basic needs and building good habits also really help your cognitive health, cognitive health, sorry. (laughs) And I think that's something we haven't really talked about before. And I was doing like a quick research because I was like, I can't be the only one who thinks this or prioritizes it this way. And it's as simple as I'm going to like paint a visual for you guys, because this is literally how I feel sometimes where... I'm someone, first of all, who really prioritizes sleep, but I know that's often the first thing to go if you're like, you know, working really long days or you're under crunch time to meet deadlines. Like I feel people, the first thing we do is sacrifice sleep. But all of that to say, the first thing I typically sacrifice is like staying hydrated, but I can really mm-hmm. feel like I feel like my brain literally becomes like a raisin <laughs> when I'm not staying hydrated. And then it's like I'm trying to get this like dried out piece of brain in my head to produce all of these great ideas, to remember everything, soak up all the information from the meetings that I'm sitting in. And it's like that's literally setting myself up to fail where as soon as I drink water and like I'm hitting my water goals every single day I literally envision my brain to be like a cartoon version of a brain rather than a raisin Mm -hmm. and it's like I'm actually setting myself up for success to contribute things to get those good ideas to learn to remember things and this is all what I mean by cognitive health so just setting yourself up for success but also knowing that the better care you take of yourself just in your day-to-day It's setting you up for success to be more productive, to manage your stress, to manage your anxiety, and do all of those things as well. Yeah, definitely. I find that one thing for me, if I'm feeling very like stressed or like there's not enough time or like everything is out of control, a quick like tidy of your space can really help too. One, I think because it makes you feel like you are in control of something. 
And because it's just, you know, when you're stressed out and you look around and all you see is clutter, that can aggravate some things. Whereas, you know, if you've had a stressful day at work, you go to bed and wake up and your kitchen's destroyed. That's like starting the next day on the wrong foot. You're like thinking about your to-do list. I need to get to that, but I'm prioritizing work. Whereas I find that it can be really helpful to just do a little tidy because it's so easy, at least for me, to be like just throwing things around because I've got to prioritize work, got to get this done and I'll deal with that later. But that I think is a big thing for me. Yeah, I feel like for me, it's why I take my daily routine so seriously because Mm -hmm. within my routine, you know, I have my times to eat and times to move my body, times to get fresh air, to socialize, to tidy my space. So I feel like all of that really is how I maybe manage my stress and anxiety. But again, it's knowing there's kind of a plan in place and that holds me accountable, I guess, but also just Mm. frees up the headspace to allow me to be productive when it comes time to actually work and, you know, things like that. So yeah. I feel like that's a good place to start this episode. But another thing I thought could be a good place to start if that didn't resonate was also just this is another thing. People are like, just get into like the actionable shit I can do. (laughs) But before we get into it, another thing I was thinking it could be a really great reflection as well. And again, don't pause me. (laughs) I'm like begging people to bear with me. (laughs) But all of this to say, I do think there's value in asking yourself, how do I work best? And actually thinking about it because I think, again, us as like kind of the millennial, it's like we work best under pressure when we're multitasking, like hustle, hustle, hustle. Like I feel like that's been ingrained in the like millennial mindset where maybe you actually don't. And I remember at my last job, actually, one of my interview questions my boss asked me was, what kind of person are you? Are you someone to put your headphones in and head down, get your shit done? Or are you someone to be like bopping around to everyone's desks? You value collaboration and brainstorms and like you need to chat things out. And I was like, interesting. I don't know. Like I think Mm -hmm. I'm a headphones in, heads down type person. But obviously I like to brainstorm sometimes and you know, whatever. But now I'm like, that's such a great question to ask somebody because – we all work differently and we actually maybe don't know how we work. So if you're not sure how to answer that question, like maybe think about it. And over my reflection, I realized I really am a headphones in, heads down type of person. I get my best ideas typically later in the day, sometimes in the evening even. So I know, you know, I'm not going to do deep work in the morning because that's just not when I do my best deep work. I know I do it in the afternoons and evenings. If you're a freelancer, I feel like you can really make that work for you where maybe you structure your work hours around that time or if you have, you know, flexible work hours, if you do work a corporate job, like maybe you log in later and you stay later than the typical nine to five hours. For me, I also know, again, with the whole headphones in, heads down, like I'm like, do not disturb. My music is literally blasting as loud as possible in my ears. Like this is literally how I do my best work. So I think it's worthwhile thinking you know, answering that question yourself and then trying to find ways that you can implement or action, you know, how you work best into your routine or structure your productivity time around that. Mm -hmm. Definitely. 
Yeah, that's something similar we do at my work where when we have a new hire, they're like asked to lay out their ideal working day so that there's a clear understanding of especially you know we work with people who are mothers and they have kids so they're like before the kid goes to daycare I don't want to hop on a big call because I might have to go help with something or whatever it might be and I also think it's you know we do something where we talk about where our talents lay and this could be another good way I think to reflect on things so for example I always say I'm good at organizing things and so it's like, I don't know, that's helpful to to know what things you should be saying yes to and what things you should be saying no to, especially if you're someone like me who just wants to say yes to everything. It mm-hmm. can also be helpful if you're stressed out, but you want to be helpful. You want to be a team player. If you know what your strengths are, if someone asks, hey, Tegan, could you help me organize this document? I would say, yes, I love that. If it's, Hell hey, yeah. Tegan, do you want to run this meeting? I'd be like, no, that sounds like a literal nightmare. So I also think that that kind of thing can help you, I don't know, prioritize what things you should be saying yes and no to as well. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, another big thing for me is keeping organized. This is something I've talked a lot about and it was something I started in well in high school really but then in university and then I've sort of kept through in my work but this is something that really helps me manage my stress and anxiety it's probably from a place of like being controlling but I let that be (laughs) and we're just gonna roll with it and let me control my calendar and so basically (laughs) I write everything down I wish that y'all could see my desk right now, but I literally have my planner beside me. I have my notebook in front of me and then I have two monitors, like one that has digital notes and one that has my calendar. And basically I do this because I, if I don't write it down, I stress myself out thinking about things and knowing I have to remember them or have to know mm-hmm. to do them. And so to me, writing something in a notebook instantly gives me like a little bit of stress relief because then it's not like okay I need to remember like the client said this we need to do like no it's in the notebook it's all good same with important dates and reminders I put everything in my calendar like tonight we're recording the podcast I put that in my calendar every single week and it's like realistically yeah I can remember to record the podcast it's not a big deal if I forget it's all good but it just gives me peace of mind knowing it's in there and getting to see visually laid out how much time things are taking in my day and so I love Google Calendar I've talked about it a lot (laughs) so that's my big tip I love that I'm the exact same way and it's funny because when we started working from home or actually, I guess when we were still in the office, I used to carry my notebook around like I'd take it to all my mm-hmm. meetings and I would write with my pen. And as soon as we started working from home, for some reason, I guess it was just since our meetings were virtual, I stopped writing in my paper and pen like notebook. Mm. And I really couldn't figure out a way to keep organized for some reason. I don't know why I, why my current system didn't work for virtual meetings like I don't know. Anyways, I started using Microsoft OneNote and now I love it. Like I'm the exact same as you tag where it's like in meetings, I'm typing 
I'm that person where it's like, would you like me to share my notes after? Because I literally took like minutes, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I have what everybody said. I have the like takeaways. I have everything written down because I know it's going to come up in some other meeting at some random time. And I want to be able to like go back and reference what was said in the meeting or just a way Mm -hmm. for me to remember it, but take the pressure off myself of just like keeping it in my mind and having it dispose like to pull on at any moment so my one note is now my virtual notebook and it's again organized by all the different tabs I have like tabs sub tabs like headers and all of them all of my pages and whatever it's very probably too organized to some people (laughs) but it works for me and that's the key is just finding a system that works for you because on the flip side I'm someone who I don't use Google Calendar or any type of digital calendar but I have my agenda where again it's like paper and pen I write everything in my agenda and that works for me but obviously Google Mm -hmm. Calendar works for Tegan so I think yeah finding how do you keep organized is huge and then Finding a way to like stay on top of it and like make it manageable, I think is a big win. I think similar to that too, we talked about, you know, writing down your tasks, writing down all the things you need to do. But I think that also in addition to helping you staying organized, it also really helps you figure out how to manage your time. And time management Mm -hmm. is something that is very hard to teach someone. Like you almost, again, need to figure out what works for you and it's through trial and error and also just through experience and you know I guess mainly experience but something that again works for me is after I write down my tasks I like to prioritize them by numbering them so it's like this is the biggest task I need to do this week so like it gets a star beside it or the number one Um, sometimes I'll also order my tasks for the day. So sometimes I'll start with like, I'm going to knock out the smaller tasks first. And then by the time, you know, I get to task five, like that's the big task, but all the small tasks are done and I only have the big tasks left. So however you want to prioritize, I think, you know, it could also be like by the closest deadline or literally whatever works for you or makes sense for the project you're working on or the day or whatever. And I think as someone who's recently started managing people, I've started to see that this is actually something that a lot of people struggle with and they think Mm -hmm. they know how to prioritize their time and their projects. But then as a manager, you're like, oh, I would have actually prioritized something differently or actually know this is a bigger priority for the business or the client or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I think if you're new to time management, new to a job, or this is a skill you're wanting to improve, I also want to just say it's okay to ask for help, like to prioritize your tasks. And that might sound silly, but I think it's totally fair because again, you want to set yourself up for success. And obviously your manager or your boss, maybe even your teacher or a professor, a mentor of some sort, they also want to see you succeed. And a big part of that is helping you figure out what to prioritize and when. So also wanted to throw that out there. And then I think similar to what we were talking about by assigning, you know, or putting things in your calendar, I like to allocate time in my, my work calendar is the only virtual calendar I do use, but I like to literally allocate time, block time off in my calendar to work on specific projects, especially if I know it's a bigger thing that's going to take me like a few hours to work through. I'll, put time in my calendar, dedicate the time to it. 
And I also find that really helps manage my time. But then again, keep me organized, kind of both. Yeah, definitely. I feel like asking your boss or your supervisor can be a big help with like when you're first starting and you're not quite sure or you maybe don't have the full picture like like you said Sadie there's nothing wrong with asking like what tasks should I be prioritizing today and even asking how long should this task take me because Mm -hmm. some managers will like give that information right away some people don't and I always found that that was always really helpful for me when I was in school I was usually prioritizing by deadlines I guess you could be prioritizing based on like your marks if you have a really bad mark you're gonna get you know prioritize the essay for that class first but for the most part it was by date but then I think once you get into the workplace it could be shifting all the time too and another thing is if you find that you have a good grasp on prioritizing things, but people are always piling work on you, it can be okay to ask them, like, what priority is am I shifting away from to focus on this and to get that in writing? Because I yeah. found, especially when I was new and working as an assistant, it would just be like, oh, I'll ask Tegan to do that, no problem. And then you end up getting piled with a bunch of tiny tasks Whereas if you explain like, okay, if I do that for you, that means I'm not going to do this for that other person. So can I get that in writing so that it's not on me that I made the decision to reprioritize? And then nine times out of 10, people would say, oh, no, it's fine. You can work on this after or whatever it is. So I also think that that's a good tip, especially when you're new in the workforce. Yeah. And if you're someone who always says yes, like you were saying, Peg, like yeah. those tasks yeah. really do pile up. So I think it rather than internalizing that and letting it, you know, ball into anxiety and stress, it's good just mm-hmm. to have open communication with your manager about it. I think yeah. another thing that helps me also is setting if you're not given a timeline or a deadline, sorry, ask for one or set your own. And this is, again, something to help hold you accountable because I think it's really normal to procrastinate. And if you have a big task that doesn't have a specific deadline, doesn't have, you know, smaller steps to achieving the big task, it's just like this one big daunting task. That's the thing you're going to procrastinate and have really time, bad time management managing. So try to break it down, break it down into smaller steps, break it down into deadlines, timelines, whatever you need to do to hold yourself accountable, but also... Mm -hmm manage your time to actually get it done. Yeah, definitely. I think speaking of procrastination, the next thing I wrote down was to cut out any type of distraction. And I'm going to come at this from like maybe a weird way at first, but again, this is something that works for me is typically before those big tasks, like even I guess even the small things too, I'll be like, oh, that's going to take me no time at all. So I'll do it later. And then you're just procrastinating it. But typically Mm -hmm. I reach this point in the afternoon right before I start getting into like my deep work time where I'm like, I want to eat a snack. I'm going to make a tea. I need to go to the bathroom. I want to put on lip gloss. I need to clean my glasses. Like literally all the smallest little most Mm -hmm. random things come to mind. And it's literally my brain just thinking of anything and everything to procrastinate the deep work I have to do. And if you're in the same boat, like, no, this is totally normal. It's not like a 
flaw or a fault or something. And maybe this is really bad advice, but I like to just give myself five, 10 minutes to just do as much as I can and what I'm thinking of. Otherwise, I know I'm not going to be able to focus during my deep work time. I'm just going to keep thinking about how I want that snack or how I Mm -hmm. want to apply lip gloss. So, and those are, I know maybe like silly examples, but that's literally how my brain works. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So I will, you know, take that five, 10 minute break. I will go through like my entire kitchen, even if it's like, I think going back to your example of tidying up tag, like I can't focus if I know my sink is full of my lunch dishes. So it's like, I will just spend the three seconds it takes to put my dishes in the dishwasher, apply my lip gloss, fill my water bottle, eat a snack, mm-hmm. and then I'll sit down, plug in, you know, my headphones, turn on, do not disturb and do whatever I need to do to get into focus zone. So that's my, that's what works for me. Maybe a tip is just do all those little things, but allocate time to it, like five, 10 minutes, do as much as you can. And then it's like, okay, that's enough. No more procrastinating time to jump in. Yeah. 100% agree. I find that it's always around, like I sometimes like to plan my tasks based around food thinking like this food will give me energy so it's like I always do a big task right when I'm signing in because you know I just have my coffee I'm raring to go and then it's like after that point I know I'm gonna crash for my coffee so I'm not Mm -hmm. planning something big but coming back from lunch I'm ready I'm planning you know my second biggest task but then knowing that 2 233 comes around I'm crashing again I'm like, I'm going to go and sit on the couch and spend 15 minutes on social media because I know if I don't go do that, I'm just going to be like absentmindedly checking my phone, not focusing as much. And it's like, it's better to just like take a little break and come back and actually be like recentered. Yeah, definitely. I think on the whole cutting distractions, another big thing I do, I know I mentioned do not disturb. So that's like silencing my phone from any notifications. I also do like do not disturb on, we use Microsoft Teams at my work. So it's like, you know, do not disturb for chat. So I'm not getting chat notifications. People know not to call me. Sometimes I also close my outlook. This is only when I really need to focus, but Mm -hmm. the idea is to not see more emails coming in. So that might help you focus and just avoid any distractions popping up, notifications popping up to distract you, and also just clearing the clutter. So we talked about tidying up your workspace or tidying up any type of physical clutter that could be distracting to you. But for me, it also looks like clearing out my inbox. Like if I know Mm -hmm. my inbox is a hot mess and there's so many people waiting for my replies, I have a really hard time focusing on a project until my inbox is clear. So I like to clear that out. And also this is maybe a hot take, but I'm someone who only has tabs or documents that I'm working on open. I see you guys screen sharing that have like 50 million tabs open (laughs) on your Google Chrome. And that makes my anxiety like skyrocket. If it works for you, great. But for me, it would be like, I can't find what I'm looking for, like, and I might open the wrong thing and then get pulled into, you know, whatever's on that screen and then it would just become a distraction. So for me, I'm like, I'm literally closing out all the things that I don't currently need so I can focus on what I am working on. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I'm also someone who, like, has different 
music depending on how much I want to focus. So if I'm like now is go time, we're focusing, I'm listening to like lo-fi, like it can't have words because then I start thinking about the words and like, yeah, and you start singing along. (laughs) Exactly. If it's, I don't know, I'm doing something like lower stakes or I'm like getting prepped for something. It's not big. Like I could be listening to, you know, pop music. I could be listening to podcasts. And then now I found because I've done that so much, it's almost like the Pavlog effect of if I want to focus I put on lo-fi and my brain's like okay let's go time time. to work yeah yeah so I feel like that's so true can really help too yeah it's so funny when I need to focus it's also lo-fi if I Mm -hmm. really gotta focus it's Avril Lavigne and it's because I don't need to think about the lyrics I know every single Avril song from you know 2004 you bet I do (laughs) and it's always let like letting go is that the first album Mm -hmm. let go I can't remember but that is my like focus album where I'm like I mean fucking business and it's also when I'm like a little like angsty you know like you need that teenage Mm -hmm. angst like pop punk but I can't listen to like actual pop punk or like this is pop punk on Spotify because that'll be distracting then I'm gonna be like reflecting on concerts I've been to and like you said Tag it just like spirals out of control but those are my two focus things it's either lo-fi no words or Avril Lavigne where I don't need to think about the words (laughs) yeah exactly and never podcast I cannot listen to a podcast and work at the same time which is so funny because maybe you're doing that right now listening to this podcast (laughs) yeah (laughs) but I just am like I get way too focused on what they're saying that I can't do the same thing I guess it depends on the task like setting up ads I feel like I can do with my eyes closed because that's what I do but if it's like I'm in a spreadsheet definitely not also listening to a podcast like yeah. yeah see spreadsheets I'm like oh I'm in a spreadsheet time to get the podcast I can't be typing words but if it's like yeah. numbers oh, yeah. or like data entry or like I'm organizing a hard drive things where it's like you have to focus and work but like your brain's not working that's when I'm like okay we're rocking yeah. with the podcast I've been experimenting with having like a YouTube video on my second screen that oh I'm God. still not sure about because the visual distraction but someone I work with watches like three movies a day because they always always actually a couple people I work with always have their tv on I don't have a tv in my office because I know I would get sucked in and watch like eight hours of Spongebob or something so but I work with people who always have their tv on or always have a movie on their second monitor which I'm not at that stage I've yet, seen, but yeah, yeah. I've seen. I worked very briefly with a guy who was the exact same way, but even that, like, I couldn't imagine. The only exception, similar to my Avril Lavigne music, would be like Friends on my TV, where it's like mm-hmm. I don't need to even like. I could hear one word. This is because I'm insane and apparently obsessed with <laughs> Avril Lavigne and Friends. <laughs> <laughs> but like I could hear one word and know what episode it is like where it wouldn't mm-hmm. be distracting to me but literally anything else like there's probably not another show I could put on even YouTube like I've tried to yeah. even this is maybe just again this is what works for some people doesn't work for others but even like getting ready doing my makeup watching YouTube that's too much for me because I'm like oh, I'm just so focused on the YouTube video yeah. where I like forget where I'm at and my makeup like process like it's maybe I 
So I think it goes without saying that I don't believe in multitasking. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, this, this is too, too difficult. I don't know. Interesting. Because I don't think I get distracted easily, but yeah. After talking about this, I'm like, I guess I do. I don't know. Maybe you do and you just protect yourself from it. I'm also realizing all the people I work with who like watch TV and watch movies throughout the day are all men. Whereas all the women I work with are like head down blasting music. Obviously, this is like Hmm. a tiny sample group. group. It's like 10 people. But um, (laughs) yeah, it's interesting. But goes to show it like varies person to person. Same with like I need to be sitting in my chair. My husband works from the couch or he'll switch back and forth to his chair, his couch. And, you know, it all just depends on the person, I guess. Yeah, definitely. See, this is why reflection's key, guys. Because you think you <laughs> know, but you actually don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think another big thing, which we've already kind of touched on, is to take breaks. And, you know, it's it sounds silly when you're really busy to be like, okay, you're busy, you're stressing. Now's the time to take a break. But as someone who's tried to power through like tried to power through weeks, tried to power through days. Like it doesn't work. You need mm-hmm. to take a break. Your brain, especially like I work in a creative field. I'm trying to get my brain to come up with ideas. It just stops. <laughs> like it's it yeah. doesn't work. And breaks can kind of look different for people. Like I've talked about how on my lunch, a lot of times I'm like watching TV or playing Animal Crossing. And that doesn't really seem like a break because I work at a screen I'm just like sitting in front of a different screen, but it helps me just not be thinking about work. And that's Mm -hmm. what's important to me. For some people, a break might be like going for a walk or doing a super quick yoga stretch or going for a run. Sometimes I have to have like a cat petting break. It's like two minutes Mm -hmm. and I just go and like attack my cats. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you know, it kind of, or, you know, switching up where you're sitting, like I was talking about, even switching my music can feel like a mini break. Like if Mm -hmm. I'm just like, it's not hitting, the lo-fi is not working. Sometimes you got to switch it up. And I find that that can help too. Yeah. So much power in breaks. Yeah. And it's so hard because this is, again, the thing you sacrifice when you are so busy and stressed, like you were saying, Tag. I think, mm-hmm. too, if you're someone who has a hard time, either either side of this, where if you are someone who doesn't take breaks because you don't, in quotes, have time for breaks, or if you're on the opposite side where you take a lot of breaks and you just procrastinate all of your tasks, I think it could be helpful to time your breaks. So, I think for me especially, like if I'm going to be taking a 10-minute break to scroll TikTok, any type of social media, I know how quickly 10 minutes goes and you don't even realize. So I'll literally set a timer and be like, okay, this timer is going to tell me when my break is done. But I think you can apply that to anything. If it's tidying, like just set a timer for your focus time, for your break, because that holds you accountable to taking those breaks. But not letting it impede on your focus time or like spiral out of control where all of a sudden an Mm -hmm. hour has gone by and you're now beating yourself up for taking too long of a break you know yeah 
definitely. We can probably dive into the topic of like loneliness related to Mm -hmm. work from home. And obviously this has been a big thing, especially I can't imagine entering the workforce completely virtual like that boggles my mind because both Sadie and I obviously we entered the workforce like I don't even know how long ago six or seven years ago or whatever it is and so you know you learn how to sort of socialize in the office setting in person so if you are just joining the workforce now and it's been completely virtual for you like my heart goes out to you because I can only imagine how weird that is I don't know yeah and I think it's worth saying Tegan and I both work for companies where we might have started them remotely but we have experience with these exact same people and team members Mm -hmm. and company in person too so it's like even starting even if you have in-office experience but you're starting a new company where you don't know anybody you have to learn everything work from home even if you have like yeah five ten years experience under your belt like it is a very interesting thing to navigate and it's very very hard so you're definitely not alone if you're struggling with this and also for me this is actually probably the hardest thing that has come out of the whole pandemic. So right before the pandemic hit, my roommate moved out where I started living on my Mm -hmm. own for the first time. And like, I'm very thankful it worked out that way because had we been cooped up together for two years, we probably wouldn't be best friends anymore. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, it worked out well. However, I had no idea how hard it would be to spend so much alone time when I'm someone who loves alone time and like I am an introvert. But I've really seen since I'm completely work from home, especially through the lockdowns and stuff, like my mental health was at an all-time low just because I was lonely and because I Mm -hmm. spent so much time by myself at home only communicating with people via like FaceTime and teams, meetings, things like that. So all of this to say, I know this feeling extremely well, and hopefully we can give you guys some ideas on how to combat it. Yeah, definitely. I think one of the things, and this was sort of recommended to me at my first job, and I still, I don't know, take it to heart, I guess, is to like participate in work things. I feel like it can be really cringy or it's like like I just spent time with these people all week I don't want to hang out with them anymore but one I think that it reflects really well on you in the workplace it makes it look like you fit in with the culture you're a team player you're fun to be around all that kind of stuff and it you know gets you out of your shell you get to talk to people maybe who aren't on your direct team you get to I don't know try new things get to talk to people like before the pandemic I would rarely talk to the CEO of our company except at these sort of like social events and so I think that that can be a great way to sort of I don't know get out of the loneliness of working from home and connect with the other people on your team yeah I love that and I think companies are starting to see even if they are 100% work from home there is value in bringing people together if it's monthly, quarterly, every couple months. Like I think 
companies are starting, at least here in Canada and like from my, again, small focus group of my friends that I (laughs) have had these conversations with, like people are, they're trying to bring people to the office for gatherings sometimes. So I think it's exactly that taking, taking up that opportunity. But I also think it's even when you are remotely or working remote, sorry guys, I'm tripping over my words, but when you are working remote, it's even like participating in virtual meetings. And I know that can be exhausting, but it's like showing up with your camera on, engaging in the small chat, um, Mm -hmm. participating in meetings, even if there's like virtual socials, like those are especially cringy, but it's like that could be a good way again to be building relationships and just getting some socialization in to remind yourself you're not completely alone. At my last company, I was really good friends with a group of girls where we used to eat lunch in the office together every single day. And when the pandemic hit and we started working from home, this is maybe going to be super cringy to some people, (laughs) but we would literally have our, like even just once a month, like it wasn't every day, but we would take our lunch break together and all go on camera. This is like not a business meeting by any Mm -hmm. means. We're not talking about work. Maybe we're like ranting and you know what we would typically do in the office and just, but it's mainly just like personal social time with your coworkers eating lunch together, even if it's still remote. And I think you could do the same if it's not lunch, if that's way too cringy for you, like just setting up coffee (laughs) chats that again, it's not a meeting, but it's like social time to get to know your coworkers and also just time for you to like be yourself and maybe turn off your corporate side for a minute and just have like genuine connections and conversations with people. Yeah. I'm also very pro like, I don't know if I'm having a one-on-one meeting and it sort of turns into just like chatty catch-up time. I'm okay with that. Even though there's a part of my Mm -hmm. brain that's like, you could be doing work. Like this is what I'm like, you know what? Sometimes you just need it. And then I think back to what life was like working from the office and I would have like 50 chats a day with random people, you know? So I also think like, it's okay to embrace that. Like I have a weekly one-on-one with my direct supervisor And the first half of the call is like just going through work, whatever priorities, asking questions. And then without fail, the last half, we're just talking about movies. And we're like, and this Mm -hmm. is just what we want to do because, you know, we don't get that chance to just like chat about what movie did you see last night like we used to. And so it does feel weird because you're like in a quote unquote meeting when it's virtual. But I think that's just a part of work. So I've been embracing that too. Yeah, I love that. I think in addition to like any socials or like in-person events that your work sets up, I think it's also really important and this is what I'm actively trying to do because I know it makes a difference in my own life and <laughs> my own mental health is really scheduling social time outside of work hours. So mm-hmm. for me, that looks like making plans with friends at least once a week And then on the weekends, it also looks like booking workout classes. Essentially, it could look like picking up a new hobby, but essentially it's like having pretty much an appointment. That's why I like workout classes because you literally book it in for a specific day and time. Even dinner reservations with a friend, it's like a specific day and time where you have to show up, you have to leave your house, it's holding you accountable. But you maybe have to put in more effort to ramp up socialization outside of work if you're not getting Mm -hmm. it 
during your work hours. So something definitely to be mindful of. I also think if you don't want to do that, you can be maybe getting out of your house during your work hours. If it's co-working with a friend, maybe your friend also works from home. Maybe they come to your house once a week. You go to their house the next week. Like maybe you can co-work that way together, even if you don't work for the same company, or maybe you go to a co-working space. I think this has become a fairly common thing. And sometimes there's a cost associated to it if it's a day pass, a monthly membership type of thing. But it might be worth it if it is going to benefit your mental health in Mm -hmm. positive ways. So maybe check that out. Or you could always just work from a cafe. Go to Starbucks. Go to literally Impact Kitchen if you're here in Toronto. Maybe that's outside of a Toronto thing. But that's where all the remote workers go all the freelancers so you're around other people who are in the same boat as you even if you're not Mm -hmm. necessarily interacting with them it's getting out of the house you know changing up your scenery which we've already talked about how that can help productivity but just getting out there and feeling less alone by being surrounded by people yeah I also think that if you say are like new to a city or new to a company or whatever it might be you can also join like a networking group or a study group like yeah these are people who are going through similar things as you and who have similar goals so it's like you have that sort of built-in base to create a friendship Mm -hmm. I guess like the way I met my husband was we figured out we were both in the same course and we're like we could figure this out together and here we are married you know so it's (laughs) I don't know. I feel like if you are feeling stuck, there are so many groups for that now. Like I remember back in the day they had like Bumble BFF and now it's like I'm a part of Monday Girl and there's just a whole bunch of different options. And especially I think for women, I'm in like women who work Facebook groups and that kind of thing. And it can be a good resource and a way to sort of like socialize knowing that you Mm -hmm. all have the same goal. Yeah, totally. And it's people you can ask advice for or yeah, like you were saying, you share a common experience or problem with them, you know, yeah. where you can chat with people and feel less alone in whatever you're doing. You have community around you. Yeah, definitely. Great. Well, I think that's where we can leave it for this week. I hope yeah. that you know the people who submitted these questions or I guess these like topic suggestions got some helpful information and if anyone has any ideas for episodes of what you'd like to hear us talk about you can submit it through the Spotify little Q&A or by just like messaging us on Instagram we've had girls do that in the past which has also been awesome because obviously we want to put out content that we know that you'll enjoy and Mm -hmm. you know we like hearing what the girls in their 20s are thinking about we're heading towards our 30s we want to stay relevant we know okay they're (laughs) worried about work let's chat about it so yeah I know the work from home loneliness one I was like oh wait someone else is feeling that way too like yeah you know I feel people listen to our podcast to feel less alone but it's like it's so nice mm-hmm. hearing from you guys to make us feel less alone as well so it works both yeah. ways exactly and if you're ever lonely give us a shout 
We like yeah. that sounds so lame, but like we love when we get messages from I don't know any of our little listeners. So that always yeah. makes our day too. We'll be I'll have friends. a FaceTime lunch date with you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we can That's listen to not... Avril Lavigne together. It's part of our Patreon. It's like if you're a ten dollar <laughs> patron, you get to no. It would be free to have lunch with Sadie. <laughs> yeah, you would probably do it once, and you'd be like, "I'm never yeah. doing that again." That was as cringy <laughs> as it sounded. <laughs> but oh, it is man. an option, well, guys. <laughs> yeah. Give us a shout. I mentioned the Patreon. <laughs> if you're interested, we have things there. You can check that out. That's the best way to show your support for all the work we do. We obviously, like if you're listening, you hear we don't have ads. That's how we make our money. So we appreciate, obviously, all our patrons that we have so far. We're also on social media at our golden 20s. We're on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Pinterest and Spotify. So definitely follow us on all those platforms and follow and subscribe so you see when our new episodes drop. I think that's everything. So thanks for listening. See you next Tuesday.